Hey guys, Frank, aka the Weasel here. Hey guys, Frank. Okay. Well, what are you waiting for? Act the app? Oh, add the app? What did that say? Hey guys, Frank, aka the Weasel here. I just want to let you know how easy it is to create your own podcast using Anchor. All you need is your own smartphone and download the Anchor app. That's it. Start talking. Anchor makes it easy to make your own podcast. There's no need for any other app or service. You can ask for followers to support the show through Anchor. Well, what are you waiting for? Get the app. Start talking. Welcome to Wrestling with the Weasel. The Weasel is here and he's finally back with a new episode. It's been a while. Sorry I miss you guys. I know y'all miss me. <laughs> um, I am here with a new um, co-host um, through a Battle Royal, through a King of the Ring tournament, through a Royal Rumble. I've had a bunch of people trying to be on the show. I've, through it all, process of elimination, we got one co-host. His, he goes by the name of River. Little River, I'll probably be referring to him sometimes. Um, River, how, how are you doing today? Good. It's been a, a good week. It's been a, a big week for wrestlers and uh, wrestling fans in general and wrestlers in general. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happened this week. A lot of great stuff, actually. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we had the draft going on. We had um, the AEW year, year show, anniversary show. Great stuff there. We will be talking about both um, items today. We'll be talking about the draft. We'll be going into the AEW year one. And I'll be touching a little bit on the G1 Classic Climax from uh, New Japan. Um, but let's get to know Little River first. Um, we haven't had him on the show, but he's been listening. He's been wanting to come on. So, River, tell us about yourself. How long have you been watching wrestling for? Uh, since I was a little kid, um, I'm just a little bit younger than you. Uh, so I, when it comes to my childhood and wrestling, I just missed miss the whole Attitude Era of Stone Cold, um, WCW and all that. When I, when I had become a fan in my earliest memories is, is SmackDown and, and Raw, they were, they were created and stuff like that. And I was a big SmackDown fan. I used to watch Velocity if you remember that show uh yeah. and uh that's where a lot of my memories are i mean i just so happened to catch the 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 rock the rocket ship meteoric meteoric rise of eddie guerrero too and that was like my childhood and man i was crushed when when he when he passed away unfortunately because he was like to find out that like you know you're like a seven-year-old kid or at that point i think seven or six and Eddie's from El Paso. He's on top of the world. He's on the TV show you watch, and then he's all of a sudden gone. I remember that day. It was pretty, pretty rough. Pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, he is treated, and he's also treated like a king here, you know? Yeah. Um, I I was there when uh, the boom happened, the big professional wrestling boom back in NWO DX days. Um, even then, down here, you know, in the border city of El Paso, it was all about the LWO, the Latino World Order, which he headed. Which I have a shirt it, for. Uh, nice. And I think I've seen that shirt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> Eddie, uh, so it sounds like you've been a wrestling, when, uh, wrestling fan when they first did the brand split. Yeah, I think I missed the brand split because um, I don't remember um, Rock and Austin on SmackDown so much. I know they were, like, big players at the beginning of SmackDown to kind of 
establish it as a serious thing for WWE. I kind of, uh, I think I, I caught it like year two where Heyman and, uh, had his, had his way with all those beautiful workhorses that were Benoit and Angle and, uh, Rey Mysterio, Eddie, et cetera, et cetera. Cena. Cena. Uh, well, Cena that was, was a little bit later in like 04, I think. Um, yeah, but Cena, uh, especially when he started uh, rapping, spin, spin <laughs> facts on all that. Thugonomics. Yep, Thugonomics. Thugonomics. Um, cool. And who would you say is your favorite wrestler? Like, what got you? Like, who was the one that you saw and was like, man, this guy is up there with, like, on the pedestal of uh, professional wrestling for me as a as a whole um i know uh, i said that i, I kind of grew up on smackdown and stuff like that but uh i'd have to go Ooh, that's pretty hard i mean ah, probably kane to be honest <laughs> kane, is, <laughs> kane is the best uh to me he i grew up on him his theme music it slaps every time uh and he sells the character so well and he has i think he has one of the best uh move sets around along with undertaker when it comes to like just impact and how over each move do- he does, um, it's very similar in the move sets. And when that that song, when the organ hits, same, it sounds like an organ that's playing. Mm-hmm. When that hits, you know it. You know, the, then you get the pyro, you get the, the organ. In the early days, you had Paul Bearer coming out. Then at the later days, you had no one coming out. It was just him mm-hmm. being big, big dominant guy. You know. He was part of some successful tag teams too, you know. Brothers of Destruction, uh, Team Hell No, Hell Yeah. Brothers of Destruction, of course, are probably one of the best tag team, most dominating tag teams in the WWE history. Um, they are actually making a movie about that. Uh, not a movie, but like a documentary premiering at an Austin, uh, in an Austin Film Festival. Probably pre-premiering on the WWE Network in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. I look forward to it. If, it, if it's got Kane, I'm in it. I'm all about it. <laughs> we got Kane, you're in it. Move to Knoxville, Knox County. Or are you not ready for that move yet? <laughs> uh, no, not yet, per se. I'm still very much uh, where my roots are. But uh, I will tell you that when I was young, uh, I found out who made that theme or who's who's a person singing that theme. And it's the band Finger Eleven. And I, I will tell you, like, I own two CDs of Finger Eleven because of Kane. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very big influence. <laughs> not just on your professional watching, but on your music taste, too. Yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> Oh, and that's nice. Uh, so welcome, River, to the show. Good to have you. Um, we're going to be talking about the draft, of course. You know, big thing, big thing in the WWE uh, television this week. How do you feel about the draft? How did you feel about the draft? I feel like the draft was uh, as fun as it, it usually is. Um, I think my first draft was back in 2007 or eight. Um, I don't remember much. I just know Edge went to SmackDown from that draft, and that was pretty big. Um, but as far as it goes, I felt like this this draft was a good reset button while getting uh, while getting some storylines into play, and I think uh, I like the changeups. It's gonna it's it's a big a bit confusing because there's a lot of changes, but I think the changeups are pretty good. Thank you for saying that. The big reset button. That's what I like to compare it to. It's a big reset button. You have um, you know some wrestlers that aren't getting used. You know, typically sometimes. And maybe a draft, maybe a new show is what they need. Um, 
like we like I said, uh, sometimes the feuds do tend to keep going. Like we're going to see with, it looks like the Seth Rollins, yeah. Rey Mysterio family feud, of course, that's going to keep going. Why? The whole storyline. Yeah, they drafted the whole storyline. Except for the offers uh, of pain because uh, they're not with the company anymore. Sadly, man. Sadly. <laughs> those guys have, those guys could go wherever they want. Even they could do even MMA. I think one of them has a background in MMA. Oh, wow. You go where. Um, so some surprises. What do you, what did you see? What were some surprises that you saw? Uh, the big surprise that I think uh, that affected me the most was uh, draft night one, where the new day got split up from uh, Big E, uh, Xavier Woods saying, "Yo, say his name, say his name." Like it, it hurt. That hurt my heart. Like to see those brothers split up. Um, and but I, I gotta be honest, I'm, it's bittersweet. I'm happy and sad for them. Um, yeah, like you said, it's sad they broke up, but they went their own ways. Um, Big E, hopefully he gets a push. New Day, of course, is going to hopefully rejuvenate the tag team division on Raw, which, you know, right now the hot thing right now is a tag team wrestling. Um, if you want to compete, it's going to be tag team wrestling. You know, you just have to throw that in there. Hopefully the, um, Xavier Woods and Kofi could rejuvenate that. Okay. Um, what I liked about the split up with them, though, is we were talking about it. It's not a typical WWE split. No, up. it did not happen three months after they were formed, and it's not based <laughs> yeah. on animosity. It's it was a it was a good creative split up because they were split up by the draft. Different different entities got their claws into the new day and separated them, and they're still very much good friends and brothers. And I think that's a. Uh, it's a it's a really refreshing to see, especially on WWE. Yeah, because you know in WWE they have the all the split ups happen. You know, one person turns into the group, or the group turns one person. Happened with Evolution and Randy Shield and Seth Rollins, DX when Shawn Michaels lost the belt. It happens all the time. A lot of animosity with these two though. With these two little split ups, with the New Day going, uh, they're both faces. They're both still fan favorites. There's no ill uh, feelings towards each other. And I'm hoping, you know, Big E could get some kind of title run on his show. If it's not the World Heavyweight title, give him the IC, an IC title run. And uh, I'm also looking forward to uh, seeing what Big E can come up with when it comes to, like, how he's going to carry himself. Um, I'm really looking forward to him maybe getting his own style of gear different from the New Day and also maybe music. Probably not music because... uh, uh, he makes the New Day music with his, uh, with oh, yeah. his starting promo, and, it, and and I think that fits him. But I would like to see some individuality come from him, and this because like I feel I'm afraid that if he still carries the same gear and maybe the same like monikers as the New Day, he's just going to be the New Day stranded on SmackDown, and that's going to might hold him back. That is a good point. Um, of course, it felt very odd not having his voice at the beginning of the New Day song. Uh, this past Monday True. but like you said um, I hope they give him a whole like not a completely new uh, uh, gimmick change like what they did with Keith Lee <laughs> but you know just change it up a bit you know maybe give him a little darker uh, you know look, a more powerful uh, song you know something that you know maybe throw in his uh, power I know when he first debuted with uh, with um Dolph Ziggler and AJ, he had like a powerlifting gimmick where he come out with, 
you know, some, you know, give him something different. Let's see him do some different stuff. Let's see him pick up a ball and run with it. I think he can, and he's proven that he can. He's he's great. Like um, I, I saw him when he was doing the five count in NXT, and I thought he did pretty well with that, especially being how new he was to the game. Like he wasn't uh, an indie wrestler, if I'm correct. He was a he was a prospect by chosen by WWE to come in and train. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a big thing with him. He 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 had like I think not no years, and uh, they just asked him, "Hey, do you want to be a professional wrestler?" He showed up, yeah, sure, and he came in and he was a natural at it. You know, he killed it. There's guys that yeah, there's guys that you know train and they come in and they have you. You have to think about WWE. You have to uh, adapt to their way of wrestling. You know, you can't just and he adapted and he he's been with the company and ran with the ball and I think he deserves a, a championship push. And I think, uh, to be honest, I think Sami Zayn is a really, really great foil for Big E. Um, now that I think about it, since Sami Zayn's still on SmackDown, still the IC uh, champion since uh, February. <laughs> uh, and he has no fuse. I think he has no fuse because I think his whole fuse got drafted, got, got drafted to Raw. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there. Yeah. Here we go. Um, another little uh, surprising move was uh, Fiend and Alexa going to Raw together. Uh, how do you feel about those two? Uh, I think they're both great. Um, the Fiend has been killing it. Um, he's he's what he held down SmackDown um, since this, it's it got on Fox, and he's held it down since. Um, he took a backseat once uh, Roman came in, but I think that's that's fair. Um, that's when he started doing the whole Alexa Bliss thing, and for some reason that just it just works. Alexa Bliss is doing great a great job with um, selling her face and her her just sheer craziness and seeing them on on raw opens up so much more story for the fiend um especially since drew mcintyre is there um so so many faces that uh that bray and alexa can face off of and oscar has a new opponent now um oh, yeah. she's run, she's run through the whole the whole division by now and uh alexa has got a fresh fresh twist to what uh, oscar can do that that is a great point. Um, of course, Oscar. Like Oscar's been through the whole division, yeah. So Alexa Bliss is and her new dark persona can you know feud well, mend well with Oscar's persona because Oscar could Oscar could have a dark persona too. You know, she came. She has that kind of persona that she had in Japan. Um, so I mean, I hope you know they touch on that character for Oscar and they bring them together. Uh, the Fiend having all these. Um, new faces like you said it's going to work out from the end for him um he could even i think matt riddle's there he could get uh to get a touch matt riddle and smackdown he could touch again keith lee many um i don't know if you rocket him to drew mcintyre right away i think it'll be a nice too but i don't know you would have to ease him into drew mcintyre if that makes sense yeah i mean um, yeah, because uh, the fiend is a—he's a great—he's a, a great aspect of, of storytelling, but he's also a really big hurdle when it comes to storytelling because the fiend is so dominant and powerful, and so you when you when you take him to the top, it's like um, you have to come up with creative solutions to uh, to try and taper his dominance because that's how over encumbering he is. And honestly, I, I think if the fiend does go against Drew, I don't think Drew can take it. Uh, Drew has to get past uh, Randy Orton too, and if he does get past Rand- uh, Randy Orton, 
goes over on Drew at Howland Sound, which I'm predicting. I don't see the Fiend uh, feuding with Randy Orton right away. I think if Randy Orton goes over on Drew at Howland Sound, I think after that, um, Fiend will feud with Drew. And then Randy Orton will probably, I think, will go against Keith Lee or even Matt Riddle. I think uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Edge should be uh, coming off injury pretty soon. So if your prediction is right, I think Edge is ready to pop in and uh, tear off the door to Hell in a Cell and and give give Randy Orton a spear that's been waiting for him for a couple months now. That's, that's true, but do we want to see Edge in an, in an empty arena again? Well, we want to see him wrestle in front of a uh, crowd. I know that's not going to happen for maybe a, maybe a few months later. Mm-hmm. But do they save him for when crowds return eventually, or do they use him? I think what WWE learned when the Thunderdome when they finally signed that deal with the Thunderdome, which is one of the greatest things that they could have done in, during this whole weird COVID show pandemic era is uh i think they finally realized that they can't wait for a crowd anymore they need to they need to keep pushing forward with some with some content to bring people to 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 their eyeballs because you gotta you gotta look at uh other stuff like let's say the nba i was reading that their ratings have been pretty low and uh, they shouldn't because one people are at home uh, people are struggling but people are at home and uh uh, and it's the playoffs and the finals, and did the ratings drop yet again? And I think WWE can't wait to save all this good stuff for when crowds can happen again, because um, a lot of wrestling is striking while the iron is hot. And if you wait till the till the iron runs cold, you can't farm that claymore that that Drew McIntyre became. You can't make make great moments. You can't just wait on it. You gotta you gotta fire. And I think they're gonna use Edge to help them out get through this pandemic era too. Great. That's great right there. Um I agree with everything you said on that. Um yeah, I guess yeah. It makes sense to have Edge come out and yeah, you know what? I think well, Edge will interfere. I'll take back my prediction. <laughs> I think Edge will interfere in that Hell in a Cell match. Oh, you think interfere? Um, I think he's going to come in after Randy wins. Oh, you think he's going to come in after? So you think Randy's going to win? Yeah, go over on Drew. Um, yeah, go over on Drew. Uh, that's like to me. I have Drew going like seventy percent of the time if there's odds, and then Randy winning thirty. But I think if Randy wins, Edge comes out and uh, gives him gives him that spear. The congratulatory spear that he deserves. This match has been going on for like what five pay per views, so they have to end at some point, right? <laughs> well, since SummerSlam, uh, yeah. So three pay per views. Uh, well, not three because at Payback, it was Randy. Uh, it was Randy and Keith, correct? Oh, that's right. And then that's what, yeah, that's true. So this is this is the third, but Randy's lost twice already. So, so. yeah, yes, yeah, so you get one over. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about retribution. How do you feel about them? Uh, I think they're 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 starting to find the light. They're trying to they're starting to find the light when it comes to who they are. I don't know if uh, Vince or Creative um, kind of didn't have a really good mindset for them or starting point for them. But I think this uh, past Monday with Mustafa Ali joining, I think is perfect. I think Mustafa Ali going heel is something he needed, especially after he got hurt. Um, 
before Kofi Mania. He, it, it's gonna it's gonna put Mustafa up there, and it's gonna it's gonna do well for some new stars. That is uh, Maya Yim and Dominic. Um, let's talk about it. I want to talk about retribution because I don't think they should have been drafted. Um, I think they should have gone rogue still. They should have, you know, hit SmackDown, even hit sometimes NXT, maybe try to recruit some wrestlers from NXT. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think they should have been drafted. I think they should have just been a rogue, a rogue, um, group, you know, yeah. with whatever they want. I don't know why they got drafted. That, that is, didn't make sense to me. That is very, very true because now that they're drafted to Raw, they're entitled to be on Raw. And yeah. there's a lot going on on Raw currently. You got the Fiend, and you have the Hurt business. And uh, oh yeah, well, we could talk about the Hurt business right now. Money, straight money, just windfalls of money, right there. MVP yeah. killing it. Bobby, Bobby Lashley destroying people. Selton Benjamin, uh, you can ask a little bit more from him, but he serves his purpose, I guess. And that's the thing about retribution and the Hurt business. So we were talking about this earlier. Her business right now is probably one of the hottest acts on Raw. Retribution, you know, they're trying to get that rep, uh, that motivation, that uh, momentum going. And what it see, sounds like is we're uh, going to start these two with a feud. You know, it, the problem with that is one of these feuds has to, has to you know, one of these groups has to go under. Mm-hmm. And if it's Retribution, I mean, they just lose all the momentum and it's her business. I mean, that for me personally, I think her business has the potential to be another rev- evolution. You have, you know, um, Shelton and MVP could hold the tag belts. Um, Cedric could hold the United States belt and give um, Shel- um, Big Lashley the heavyweight title, the, or the Raw title. They're, they're the evolution. But if they're going to be feuding with Retribution, that kind of kills the retribution if they go over on retribution that's going to kill the, the momentum for um, retribution yeah I th- I think it's too early for both her business and retribution to be going at each other so soon um, I think it ha- the, re- the, re- the angle happened because I, um, I think they were running out of people to like keep throwing at, at other people at uh, running out of wrestlers to create storylines with and so you got the herd of retribution but I think it's too early for both because the herd business st- it still has some ways to keep it can still go higher and the retribution's barely got its footing and you don't want to kill something that can potentially be a really cool concept for anarchy and and just chaos because I think I agree with you. They should have gone undrafted. I think Retribution should have been free to terrorize SmackDown and NXT as well. I think uh, having them go on different on different parts of the show and picking picking the correct feud um, on different shows uh, helps Retribution in the long run, but also helps WWE in general. Like when you put on weekly shows, like what can Retribution do this week? Like oh, they can go to NXT and. Uh, mess up Finn Balor, or they can go to SmackDown and uh, put the put the pain on the institution that is uh, Vince or whatever. So, I think it's too early to see anything like that. Um, uh, I think an easy way to get out of it is MVP pays pays off Retribution to like get away. I think that'd be a cool way to get out of it. That'd be a good concept. Yeah, maybe we might see that. Maybe Retribution starts working for. Her business, I don't know. I don't know about this under that, but you know that sounds like a cool concept. 
but I guess we'll just have to wait to see where where that feud leads us. Um, something I want to talk about about um, Raw still is the return of Elias. Um, of course, he came back and attacked Jeff Hardy, which shows that WWE is paying attention to storytelling, long term storytelling. <laughs> um, as you can remember, they had that angle with uh, Jeff Hardy running uh, DWI or under the influence and hitting Elias, taking him out. Um, we still don't know if it was Jeff Hardy. But um, what I want to say is I like this uh, feud for Elias because it does long-term storytelling in that regard. But a big but is, is this something we've already seen before? You know, the whole addiction problem, alcohol problem. We've seen this before with Chef Hardy. We've seen other wrestlers attack that. It was Samoa Joe's, Kevin Owens, it was AJ Styles. I mean, it was I mean I mean, how many times do we have to see the same storyline with Chef Hardy? I don't know how you feel about that. Um I I'm also I'm also kind of tired of seeing his personal demons come up into WWE's storyline. And I, I will admit that sometimes the personal storylines make for some of the best ones. Uh but when it comes to Jeff Hardy and his substance abuse and his history it's played out like it's been too many times that we've seen it and I, I just feel every time I see Jeff Hardy have to deliver a promo or answer for his actions I feel bad for him because he's got to do this yet again um, even though he, they've shown him winning a storyline based around it so if he wins a storyline based around it that means he's 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 got a handle on it storyline wise and I think I think that uh, it should be done with. But if they open that can of worms up again, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think it's going to help Jeff Hardy nor Elias in that storyline. Unless Elias is going to try and get, like, really cheap heat against Jeff for it, in which case, yeah, but, like, people just... Are, it's gonna be. It's people are gonna boo it for because it's it ah boo bad. Like come on, leave him alone. But I don't think it's gonna help him in the long run if he's gonna stay a heel. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah. I don't. I don't see that. I think there's other things they could touch on their party. They don't have to touch that anymore. It's been beaten by it. Let's stick to death. Um, but yeah, that was a big return. Uh, I I definitely did not see that. I forgot about it last altogether. <laughs> but that was a big time return right there. And I glad I'm glad he came back as a heel. His best work was done as a heel, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, um, he's also potentially a big star as well. I mean, he's he says he's had mixed results, but like he's he's gotten TV time just for his promos with his guitar, weeks in a row, weeks and weeks in a row. And that's all he needed to do was take go out with his guitar and uh, and uh, just cut a promo in the audience. Now there's no audience. He can't really cut a promo as well, but he could probably still yeah. cut it. It's probably still be good, just that there's no effects. So I'm hoping we see a balance now, instead of him just cutting promos with with in song. We get to see him cut promos on opponents and actually lay them down and for one, two, three, and start building Elias because he's he's a he's a big boy. He's a thick boy, and uh, he's he's I think he's got the the mouth to get to to get some heat on him and uh, make people boo him pr- pretty well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he he's a big-time money money player there. Um, let's go on to the SmackDown side of things. Uh, what did you think? Liked it, didn't like it? Um, I have some stuff here I, I liked that I didn't like. Uh, let's talk about something I liked, I didn't like. 
the division, the women's division. Um, by my count, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, six women right now on SmackDown, unless I miss some. So I see Sasha, Bailey, Bianca, Billy Kay, and the Riot Squad. Um, of course, Bailey just—I don't know if you saw this—the rest PWI Wrestler of the Year number one, Sasha, I think number three, but then um, of course Becky Lynch number two. But it was, I mean, what are they doing with that? Why? Why is there only five? Women on that division. Um, did you see any other uh, women on that division? Did I miss anybody? Uh, me, or how do you feel about that? Let me see really quick. I think they have. No, they lost Dana. That's correct. They lost Dana. Um, yeah, I think you're 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 right on the most part. I think Raw came away with the with the biggest win when it comes to the women's division. Uh, Oscar Alexa. Yep. Um, I mean, they do have Bianca Belair. I mean, she's. Did you see Natalia? Because Natalia's on SmackDown too. Now, she got. Oh, I thought she was still on. Oh, so she went to SmackDown. Yeah, okay. it was announced on Raw I Talk. She's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about Raw Talk right now. I mean, um, ah, there's some stuff I want to talk about. Okay, um, yeah. So this SmackDown Women Division. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, I'm thinking they're gonna have Bailey and Sasha just carry that division. Oh, yeah. Maybe throw him throwing Bianca. I think Bianca has the potential to be a champion in that division too. But after that, I mean, the Riot Squad is going to stay their tag team act. If you're going to have them as a tag, at least give them the titles. I don't know why you have two single stars holding the women's tag team titles, you know? Yeah, I think they're going to get broken up again now that they're on SmackDown. Yeah. Oh, don't forget about Carmella. Um, Carmella's debuting on SmackDown. Oh, that's right. So there's, there's, there's at least eight Eight, eight ladies over there. Um, as far as it goes, when it comes to like championship caliber, um, I can see obviously Sasha and Bailey carrying it, and I I hope they're careful with this feud because um, I think this this is a good WrestleMania feud. I mean, I think uh, I think one like Sasha getting hurt and out for a little bit, or um, Bailey getting hurt and uh, some something. I think they can. Someone took, I think they yeah. can take it to WrestleMania Except, if they plan it out carefully. But I think gonna happen um, Bianca and Natalia are going to be some really good uh, secondary players in that in SmackDown. I think uh, Natalia, um, she's been slept on a little bit. Uh, her she's not that good at promos, but I think her lineage, as well as how much work she's put in since she's been with WWE, is proof enough to show that um, she can she can. Um, give work to anybody she's thrown against and, and can elevate the scene in general. Definitely. Um, like you said, her lineage is there. I mean, they have something to work on there. Um, the Angle's daughter, um, the only female, I think, in the Heart Dungeon. So, I mean, there's potential for her and she could even go against Bianca as her first feud. You know, throw Bianca a feud and that could be her first mm-hmm. feud. Um, another thing about SmackDown, um, and we talked about it earlier, is they drafted the whole storyline. <laughs> You're the one that said that. Go ahead and talk about that. What do you mean by drafted the whole so, storyline? And uh, who do you mean? Past- I mean, you have been debating. <laughs> uh, let me let me talk. We and him have been debating about this for 
since it started, <laughs> since the feud, since Rey Mysterio brought his family, nah, we've been talking about. We weren't debating since yeah, then, but uh, I mean, on Raw, the, the one of the main storylines that's 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 held it down for the past few months is uh, the Monday Night Messiah versus Puyaka Puyaka Rey Mysterio. They've they've had they've been going at each other. Um, for weeks and weeks, they've got their family involved. They've got their cousins involved. They have their disciples involved. <laughs> they throw in everybody at each other, and they've had some really great matches. And Dominic um, has really shown shown his training uh, when it comes to oh, when yeah. it comes to uh, his matches with both Murphy and Rollins, which is pretty. He's so smooth, yeah, he's huh? he's really really good. Um, he's he's almost there. He's he's definitely awkward on the mic. Uh, his, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's but he's like what twenty twenty one, right? Something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has he has he has the, his whole life. Yeah. Like it took McIntyre eighteen years to get to where he's at because he started so early. And the same thing with Jericho too. He started so early, and it took him eighteen years to to finally deliver on the whole package. So. Um, I hope it doesn't take Dom 18 years, but because uh, he has a lot of people helping him out. But I think he's well on his way to um, being uh, being something special, uh, being a really great babyface in the future. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, Dom, especially with this feud, and then the whole, like you said, the whole storyline going to SmackDown. So you still have Murphy on SmackDown. You have. Uh, it's Seth, you know, they're going to continue the story, the, the feud. The whole um, what family I hope, got drafted in yeah. <laughs> in one go. <laughs> so, like I said, we've been debating about this, and we're going to talk about it. Is it a love angle? Oh, my. Uh, all right. Can I, I guess, can I go first? All go right. First. So, at the beginning of the storyline, you know, you got, you got Murphy putting out uh, Ray's eye, correct? It was Murphy who did that. Because I think Seth did Alistair, right? Or do I have it backwards? Yeah, Seth. I think it was. I think Murphy and actually Theory when he was still there did it. Did, was he? Didn't he? When Austin Theory was still part of uh, the Little Messiahs. I think. I don't think, I don't think Austin was there when Mysterio got his eye poked out. I don't think so. Uh, I don't have to go back, but it's been a while. A lot's happened this year, obviously for everybody, but I don't remember exactly. So you, you've got the angle of. Uh, Angle of eyes being poked out, uh, family coming in to help each other out and take down the threat. That's Rollins' delusions of grandeur, and uh, and the, like what a, a month ago we find out that we got some DMs leaked, some DMs. <laughs> and whose DMs? No, it's not Ray. He's not cheating on his wife. It's not Dom. He's not. He's not. He's not going on Instagram hotties and saying, "Yo, can I have some booty pics?" No, 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 no. You got Aaliyah sneaking into Buddy Murphy's DMs and being like, "Hey, you cute," and Murphy being like, "You kind of cute too," and and I gotta say, I gotta say, Weasel, that's that's a love angle. That's a that's that's Vince trying to extend the whole storyline and. And uh, you say it differently, but like the way it's written and the way um, Ray is arguing with his daughter, like any any classic movie where it's like you gotta listen to me, boys are trash. You don't you don't understand him. He's the he's I love him. That's that's a love angle. And you saying otherwise is dumb. Is dumb. 
It's not. It's. I think it's more somebody's trying to get into somebody's head, and they're using either the Mysterios are using Buddy, or Buddy and Seth are using Aaliyah. And at the end, once someone's going to turn, it's not going to. It's going to end up where it's not going to turn into like you know them kissing at the end or them getting married like Triple H and <laughs> and, uh, and Steph did. First. I think at the end. And, or Kane and you know, I, I I really don't see it. I don't see them going that route. I think it's going to be at the end. Someone was paying somebody just to get the upper hand on Seth or get the upper hand on Ray. And at the end, I think it's going to be the Mysterios getting the upper hand on the Disciple and Seth Rollins. Nope. I think mm. it's, I think it's a legitimate storyline. I think, and we've seen this past week. We've seen Buddy, Buddy, Seth. Attacked uh, Buddy. Buddy retaliated. gave gave Seth a comeuppance. Um, I think Buddy turned face this past week. And why would he turn face? Yeah. Because it's a love angle. He's found he's found his muse, his his little la, little Latina little uh, woman that he's gonna fall in love with, Aaliyah. <laughs> and Ray's Ray's not gonna like it because Buddy poked his eye out. That's kind of I mean that's good evidence. But to Aaliyah, that's not good <laughs> enough. So. Um, I don't like it because it's 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 corny. It's a love angle, and it's I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that they're in love. Like I don't believe any twenty year old girl would fall in love with a dude that poked her died her dad's eye out. Uh, but we'll have to see that where this storyline goes. But uh, it's very interesting. Uh, let's just move on. Quick touch. What do you how do you feel about Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. Yeah, last thing we talk about about finally. Finally, and okay, I want to I want to preface this. I, I may have, maybe I felt like I gave him a, a, a rough start, but I think what what's happened with Roman Reigns since SummerSlam has been long overdue. I think WWE needed to give him his own personality. They needed to give him his own identity. Give him his own clothes. Give him his own music. Give him his own words even uh, so that you, we can have somebody to gravitate towards and that's something I think WWE has not given to Roman for I guess because they wanted him to be the baby face and he was he did a good job at, at uh, getting getting all those all those kids like if I was a kid I probably love Roman too but like they needed to give him that personality and the and Roman's been killing it with it he's got that attitude he's got that personality his the way it's not just the way he talks now. Like if you notice how he moves in the ring, it was smooth before, but like there's there's decision, there's this uh, there's like this calculation when he goes in for a cover. He's he just everything about Roman is finally finally they let him click it, click it on and let it stay on. Um, and it's something that was long overdue because uh, back when the Shield split up. Um, Seth Rollins, you know, I mean, he was a he was a breakout star from the Shield. He got the, he he got the he got it the most. They all got they all became main eventers after the Shield. To be honest, Dean or, Dean Ambrose oh, yeah. was was just as equally a player as uh, as um, as Roman and Seth. But uh, uh, out of like one point, out of that, at one point he was uh, the face of WWE. Yeah. At one point, Dean yeah, Ambrose. yeah. I mean, pretty much, and. But out of the three, Roman got the shaft because, like, he just be- he was like a he was still the shield guy. He still had the bulletproof vest. Yeah, and he's 
at the song. So at the yeah. he still had like the gloves and stuff like that. And eventually, they put his logo on his bulletproof vest. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, and that kind of gave him personality. But now, like, it's the second coming of Jesus, and he's getting that personality, and this is gonna help him become like such a great baby face in the future. I know it. It's kind of like um, with Cena. Um, I liken it to Cena. When Cena was the heel of the Dugonomics, he created a character base for himself. And he built those strong foundations and created such a strong fan base that he was able to rise so high in the company as a babyface because he was believable. We, we believed in him. Definitely. Um, I do compare him to Cena in that aspect. I think he will. He, out of everyone in WWE, I think he has the potential to be the biggest star they have, especially right now. I mean, I mean, there's talks of him even working with The Rock at WrestleMania. I don't know if they used it on this WrestleMania or maybe the next WrestleMania, but there is talks that he will main event at WrestleMania with The Rock. Um, but yeah, like you said, finally, it's been far too long for him to be just the Shield guy. He need he needed this. He and he has a perfect manager um, with Paul Heyman. You know, even though Paul Heyman is not even doing his promos, you know, it's he, Paul Heyman isn't the same Paul Heyman that he was with Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar. Nah, he's just it's it's Roman doing all the promos. It's Roman doing everything. Paul Heyman's just the guy there holding the belt. If you look at it, so Roman's the one that's the MVP in this whole thing, and for him to turn around and become probably one of the most booed guy and then to get to the number one guy right now. It's just amazing what he did. And now his storyline is with the family. It's just great. And I hope, you know, if I've seen reports that they're going to start a Samoan stable with him and the Usos. Um, I hope that does happen and he could really be the king, uh, the head of the table. And and I think that would help the, the tag division too. The Usos. Yeah. Is, uh, you got the Street Profits. They're they're a great face. Um, they've been carrying it on their backs. I love their whole their the Viking Raider feud with ninjas. That was really really fun. But like when it comes to like in ring work and feud, um, there there hasn't been anyone that kind of gave it to them, you know. And 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 I think that Uso Stable can give it give it to the Street. They can give them the smoke, but. Uh, but oh, yeah. if, if you if what you say is true with that feud, I don't see the Street Profits keeping keeping those titles oh, no. because there's something different I, now. I, I, those matches will be fire though. It was Street Profits and Usos. That's a dream match. I don't care who you are. That's a dream match for anybody. But uh, yeah, that's our SmackDown and Raw. You know, draft. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we have yet to cover on there. We could talk about it maybe in the mm-hmm. future. But um, those are those are some of the big things that we noticed. Um, but let's move on. You know, let's move on to the, the other promotion. You know, the whole the other guys. <laughs> the, the, uh, the I don't know if you're an EW fan, you could say WWE's the other guys. If you're a WWE fan, AEW is the other guys. Or to say the other promotion, because of course everyone knows AEW has been around for a year. They just had their big year show, which was a really good show. I don't know. Did you I catch did it? catch it. I ended up watching it on Fight uh, after the fact, and I I, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a, they tried to do a lot of stuff on that show, and they did, they did a good job. Um, but it was jam-packed. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff happening. What was, what was there, some of your stand-up moments? Um, I'll tell you one of my stand-up moments was um, uh, what do you call it? 
uh, Cody, of course, always has his standout moments, but I like the end with uh, Kingston and um, and uh, Dean Ambrose. Or not Dean Ambrose. Why am I calling him Dean Ambrose? Because we're talking too much John about Moxley. <laughs> uh, John Moxley. Yeah, um, I really like the ending because you know I love. I don't know if you heard um, Kingston on commentary, but he was just putting in groundwork for that feud to oh, continue. Yeah. How how he kept talking about. Mosley left them, and he was supposed to. He was supposed to bring them with him. It was just you could feel the the hate that that uh, Kingston has. And of course, they don't hate each other. You could yeah. feel like the oh, the animosity yeah. that he has for just Moxley, one match which where makes he wasn't it part so, of it. Yeah. You bought it. You he sold yeah. he sold it to you, and you bought it for double the price. <laughs> that probably that last match that I mean, I'm a big Lance Archer fan. I didn't think he was going to win it, but I think the the whole point of that match was Kingston. I think that's why they had that match, and that's why Kingston was on commentary. He basically made a brand new feud, and I, I have a feeling they're going to go with it for, at full gear. Yeah, and I think uh, I I mean I don't want to like instill like a war or anything, but uh, like a WWE and AEW are both doing great things, and I think also like generally this might be getting ahead of the question before the year in review for AEW I think AEW was really really good for WWE um, when it comes to like what WWE is starting to offer for themselves but um, what originally was like an impromptu title match between Kingston because I don't know if they planned it out I think it was more of the COVID hitting AEW that they had to have but the seeds were there from uh, double or nothing at the battle royale where yeah. Kingston was never eliminated never got and I don't know if that was like a mistake you know like how Curl, Curtis Axel still in the Royal Rumble to this day um, <laughs> yeah. or like or like they, they legitimately planned it either way they're building on it and even with that co- with, uh, with the impromptu title match that uh, Kingston had because of all those COVID scares that they had um like they've they've really stitched together a storyline that's just beautiful and Eddie's just I mean I mean I, you know my stance on NWA power and, and seeing Eddie there for the first time was amazing and seeing him on IEW is just times ten and he's really really you know selling this feud and and I I loved every word of it I don't know if you got the chance but there was a he he still cut a promo after the show went off air. Oh, did no? I haven't. Seen yeah, that he cut, he cut a promo after the show off air, and it was even more, even more than what you could ask for ever. That's that's so good for Eddie Kingston. Um, he went from selling his boots. I've read that to you know being on national television, getting the exposure he needed. Um, and he's bringing the Lucha Bros with him. That's what I really like. I'm a big Lucha Bro mark. If you if you don't know that, I'm a big Lucha Bro mark. Ever since they were in. Kenta was in Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm glad they're. You know, I didn't. I don't. I don't really like them with the Butcher and the Blade. I'm glad they kind of separated. We were talking about mm-hmm. that earlier. Butcher and the Blade. I mean, I had high hopes for Butcher and the Blade, but you know, they. I saw. I was talking to somebody. They're just like those henchmen that can't get anything done. Yeah. Right. Like the, yeah. I mean. I mean. But I'm glad that they separated from them. So I'm hoping they run on their own little faction. Um, it's disappointing uh, Pac isn't here yeah. you know but but we'll see I mean what I also um, with the AEW show they also had the tournament did you see that did you happen to see the tournament for the number yep, one the Eliminator tournament right yep 
Um, everyone's saying it's going to be all two guys. Uh, everyone's saying it's set up for Hangman and Kenny Omega. Uh, 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 I don't think I don't so. Think, I don't think I Hangman think... makes it past round one. Oh, you think he's going to lose to Joey? I think so because he's 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 belligerent. He's drunk. He's Oh, you're saying Hangman? Yeah. Oh, Omega's gonna get. Omega's gonna get for sure. Oh, you're saying? Oh, you're saying Hangman's gonna lose the coat? Uh, (laughs) I I can't believe you. I hate that you put it that way. I I absolutely despise that you put it that way. But I think because Hangman is at an all-time low, he's alone. He's lost everybody. Um, He's the reason why I watch BTE. Is so I I get my update on, on on Hangman. And uh, I don't. I think he's not going to make it past round one. I think it's just. I mean, it's so easy to put Omega and Hangman at the, in the finals together, especially since they're literally on opposite sides of the brackets, to where that's the only way they could ever meet is at, in the in the finals of that tournament. I think he loses round one to to that guy. Say, um, say his name <laughs> to uh, to uh, Colt Forty Five. Um, I think I think he loses because he's just an alcoholic. He's he's not in shape. He can't keep up, and and uh, he and that other guy has the dark order behind him. I that's my prediction. I think, but and my and my prediction is he does lose that match, and then he will cost Kenny maybe the semifinal oh, match against Polly Penta, and then that would make Polly Penta go into the. Finals against Wardlow. I want to say Wardlow. That's what I. That was my prediction since I saw the tournament would be Wardlow and uh, Penta mm-hmm. in the finals. And then, um, of course, that'd be a for full gear. And then we'll have set up a Kenny Omega Hangman Page match at full oh. gear. I mean, that. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, that's what I like about AEW. They've set up stuff that looks so blatantly obvious that it's going to happen, but then they swerve you either by accident or mm-hmm. on purpose. And it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I think it's just way too obvious to have the Omega Hangman fight. Too, it's too soon. I think that's that's something that uh, needs to happen for the belt because that's how it started. He he couldn't get it done. Hangman couldn't get it done. And uh, if Omega wins it, it's that's like that's so much behind that match, like. It's ridiculous how much would go into that match, and how many people are gonna talk. How much people are gonna talk about it before it even starts and after it ends? There's, yeah, I do see actually Hangman uh, taking the one to take the belt off of mm-hmm. John Moxley. Um, yeah, that's that's our, the show. So let's talk about the year of AEW. What are some of the things you liked from this past, the first year of AEW? Um, well, generally, I I've I was hesitant about Dynamite. Um, I wasn't too sure about it, most because I didn't know anybody who was on there aside from like Cody and Mega and some people from WWE. Like as far as it goes, like everything was new about Dynamite, and uh, and I was I was hesitant about it, but I slowly started liking it a lot more. Um, Mostly because I like how creative they are in promoting new stars and making people look good. Um, they're, they're definitely. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of other critiques you can throw their way, but they're generally very creative uh, when it comes. I mean, it's only year one, um, but they're really creative in how they've gone about building people. Like 
um, Jungle Boy, for instance, when he had to last what ten minutes with with Jericho, that was that yep. was great. I I love that. Um, Darby Allen against Cody, going to a time limit draw. Somebody who not many people knew about. People knew about after the fact. Uh, what else was there? A Scorpio Sky versus Orange Jericho. Cassidy. Oh, Scorpio! Oh, Sky, I yeah. love that. I love you know you know how I feel about Scorpio Sky. I think I think he's oh, yeah. he's 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 there. I think he's almost there. I I kind of don't like that he's taking the back seat, um, but like that's one of the, one of the that's oh, that was that was one of my favorite moments from the beginning of Dynamite was that tag team title tournament where the Dark Order took out who was it Frankie Kazarian in the first match and then Scorpio. Yeah. Not, was it Frankie or was it? it was one of them and so one of them was taken out in the middle of the match and Scorpio came in as a stand-in as part of Underground and like and I didn't know it at the time but like that's where they built Scorpio he he got every pin for the for the team and like you believed it you're like yeah look at them you know they're winning because and they weren't even supposed to he wasn't even supposed to be wrestling he was in the back chilling you know and I just think yeah. they've been really creative in creating it. Um, I'm really interested to see how their feuds pan out into year two when they have so much to work with. Because I know, unfortunately, like they have such a big roster and a lot of names. And I and I, I eventually there's someone that's going to get forgotten in the fold. Um, I, yeah, I think yeah, I already see some of them getting forgotten. Who, who, is, who do you think is, has been forgotten so far? Who do I think has been forgotten? Um, Scorpio, yeah, to be honest. I think they forgot about Scorpio um, once he lost to... Um, who did he lose to? Once he once he had that match at the... What is the best one? Double or nothing? Was it Double or nothing? No, not Double or nothing. What's his past? You see, there's so many. All, all, all out. When he had that match, when he joined with uh, Matt Cardona and um, Dustin Rhodes against the Dark Order, I think he should have taken the pin. And maybe he should have challenged Brody for the instead of um, Dustin Rhodes. I mean, I'm glad they gave Dustin Rhodes mm-hmm. a spot to shine, but I think that should have been Scorpio. Oh, yeah. uh, and like Matt Cardona's not even with the AEW anymore. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, they, they're building new stars. Orange Cassidy is one of the biggest builds they they, they did, and he all he does is stand there, <laughs> shows up at the most awkward moments, but they built him and. Look at him. He's one of the most well-known wrestlers right now in AEW that isn't, you know, from another company. Of course, he was on the indies, but uh, everyone knows who yeah. Orange Cassidy is now. Uh, and, of course, they have Mira now, formerly known as Rusev. Um, he's had a rocky start, but, you know, I love Rusev. I yeah. feel bad for that whole storyline last year he was suffered to where he got buried. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> With a Bobby Manana? Yeah. And I remember, I remember that too. We talked about his storyline last year when it was happening, and I was like, "What are they doing to my boy Rusev?" And you're, you, you said that one thing I hate that you always say, "Let it play out." And hey, it did, it did play out <laughs> well. Oh, it did its job. He got over oh. with the company, and Bobby got over as a oh. heel. Yeah, Rusev got buried. <laughs> Let's start with that. Rusev got he lost every match. He lost his wife. There was a there's a there's a 
LGBTQ angle in there with Liv Morgan, where so basically Rose was like was like <laughs> burned at the stake for, at the expense of a Liv Morgan whose whose storyline dwindled, and Bobby had to reset. He had to go a hard reset uh, because they dropped Lana. <laughs> Two months after that happened, they dropped Lana. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I did, I do like that you ta- brought up the whole um, uh, Miro. That's what I want to talk about was how AEW kind of rejuvenated some of the WWE guys. Like everyone's saying, all oh, these guys are from WWE. I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, I have Brody Lee, you have Miro, you have Dustin Rhodes. Um, who else do you have from WWE that jumped? Uh, John Moxley. You know, these guys weren't happy in WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't getting used, they weren't happy, they were just burnt out. And then they come over to AEW and they feel they look like they're. Like they haven't missed a beat. Like they look like a whole new person. Brody Lee is one of the prime examples. I didn't like when he came, when he came in because you know if you don't. I've talked to you all about it all the time. I don't like the constant shots, and I felt that he was taking shots at WWE with his character. But I had to let it play out, and he came in and he turned that Dark Order group into something really strong. And I think right now Dark Order is probably. A, bit better, uh, a more well-known group than Inner Circle. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we agree on the fact that Inner Circle has suffered because of Jericho. They benefited oh, from Jericho, but yeah. also suffered from him as well. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think Brody Lee turned the Inner uh, Dark Order into one of their most well-known groups. I think give it time, and they could probably be bigger than the Elite. With him at yeah, the and at first I wasn't like I was excited for Brody to do something with AEW because um, I kind I liked him. I loved how he was just weirdly athletic. He reminded me of Undertaker and Kane when I would see him wrestle when he was at WWE. It just that WWE didn't give him stuff to work with. They didn't give him the promo time or anything or anything past him being a Bray Wyatt leftover. Um, and at first, when he when he became the exalted one, um, I was I didn't like it because I had my own idea of what the exalted one would be. I had like I thought he would be more menacing. Well, he is menacing, but like just more more <laughs> less erratic, uh, less erratic and way more sinister. Yeah, but uh, but Brody has really turned not turned it around. He really made something that had such high expectations because I think. Um, the Exalted One reveal was very, very like people were looking forward to it, and I think he's very much delivered on being uh, being worthy of being the Exalted One for the Dark Order, and he's definitely helped everybody in the in the in in the whole order to the, begin with. Oh yeah, yeah. I think without him there, I think the Dark Order is just some other group. Now mm-hmm. they are the group. Um. Uh, of course, and they are bringing in. They are bringing in the women too. I mean, they're going to rejuvenate the women's division. Hopefully, with they have Taya Kane. I know who's the other one they have. Ali is it Ali? Not Ali from. Um, I, I can't remember her name right now. Yeah. Ali J. There you go. That's her name. Ali J. And then they they brought in um, that Tatiana, Tatiani. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, there's good things for the Dark Order. Um, but like I said, it's, and then Dustin Rhodes, of course. His whole his whole demons with WWE, uh, he seems like a, a young guy again. Like he seems like like he's in his prime already again. Um, but that's what I liked about AEW that they are actually bringing in these wrestlers that are very frustrated with the the way they were handled with the E. 
and they are giving him a new a new life. And uh, I have some background on uh, Dustin. I don't know, but uh, and one of the one of these long nights, one time I listened to his podcast that they did for AEW. I think it's called Unrestricted or something like that. Um, and yeah, yeah, with Tony Schiavone and and uh, Aubrey Edwards. Yeah, um, yeah, there we go. And he, when it comes to Dustin, like to him, there's like, and you can say like. Like oh, I live and breathe this business, but it was it's different. It was it was different for Dustin, mostly because I mean his father is, you know, is Dusty Rhodes, you know. But uh, of course, for him, like he described wrestling as water, and he was a fish, and he took to it just as easy as a fish would take to water, and like he tried like getting a different job or learning a different. Uh, trade and there was nothing he wasn't he felt like he wasn't smart enough or had the abilities to execute that well but when it came to wrestling it's like it just clicked in his mind and uh, to see Dustin um, even though he's not a major player he's he's still a feature player Um, uh, to see him like kind of you know find new waters and swim like he used to 20 years ago um, is kind of nice to see and I think uh, what AEW shouldn't primarily be about, but it's nice to see that AEW can bring that for veterans and newbies who are trying to make a break in the business. Um, I'm really interested to see is how the future plays out with AEW and WWE, because we've seen a lot of WWE people go to AEW, but I wonder what's going to happen once people start jumping ship from AEW to WWE. What's going to happen? what's going to happen there because yeah. I mean that's what happened in the Monday Night Wars is like there was people jumping ship back and forth um, Stone Cold yep. one, of, one of the people who jumped from WCW to WWE uh, uh, it's so crazy to me it blew my mind that he was ever he ever worked for WCW because when you I mean when you when you talk about it today all you talk about is Stone Cold Steve Austin and the attitude error that he unleashed mm-hmm. on the world but uh, uh, I want to I want to see how it pans out in the future. Not a lot of people know the Hollywood blonde. Yes, his long luscious hair. (laughs) A Texas boy, Texas accent with a Hollywood blonde. Um, Um, One thing I want to change about, you know, AEW is the night it's on or NXT. That's that's my big thing right now. It's uh, why are they both on the same? And another thing is like you, you touched on it earlier. How you saw um, who was it? Did you say a Scorpio Sky on the B- B- BTE? Yeah, I right. I look forward. To, I, the only reason why I watch BTE is to get my update on Hangman. Oh, there we go. That's what you're talking about. That's what I really find frustrating. Because me, with me, I don't have time to watch BTE. Trust me, <laughs> I hate it. Same. Because, I mean, I have to find time, and I hate that, that what they're doing with AEW sometimes and the. I feel lost with the Dynamite show is I have to look at the BET, BTE show and be like, okay, why is he doing this? And I have to go look for it. Because I, I don't, I mean, I don't have time to actually, with all the wrestling going on, you know, with everything going on, I'd really have to actually go on to BTE and, and then it's another hour show and it's just what skits, right? Like I, I used to watch the old BTE before they got the mm-hmm. the television. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's the same thing, but I haven't really seen any uh-huh. BTE like I have, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you. I only started watching because of Hangman, so I started watching like July-ish, June-ish, <laughs> um, and it's you know skits. There's a uh, different things that it gives. It gives wrestlers like 
some wrestlers and non-wrestlers time to like kind of provide like some skits get over some of them are nonsense they don't lead to much um some others are very profound like on bte the running thread is the young bucks going awol and hangman being drunk and even yeah. uh brandon cutler's being wrapped up into the bte mix because uh i don't know if you know who that is do you know who yeah, the dun- yeah, I know you. Dun- yeah, Brandon Cutler. Yeah, Dungeon that guy. Um, he's uh, he's he's gone from behind the camera to the front of the camera, and he's starting to get involved with Hangman and Hangman convincing them the Young Bucks only care about themselves. And uh, I know he's in a feud though with uh, Avalon yeah, too, which is uh, uh, which is uh, uh, this week a really good a really good match. I saw it on Dark. I look forward to Dark sometimes. Um, yeah, I look forward to that. I like watching and, uh, some dark matches. I like watching the women matches on dark because it seems like they, uh, put yeah, them on their uh, they get they get a they get a lot more time definitely on dark, um, but I think BTE is really fun to watch and great to consume and definitely unfortunately there's a separate YouTube channel that you have to go to to get a storyline, but you can get that on dark, whatever on, I've seen that whatever, whenever something gets featured on BTE commentary or a match on dark addresses it, um, or on dynamite, the commentary addresses it. So I've noticed that I've, I don't need to watch a BTE anymore because the commentary is doing a great job by giving the background of what's happening. Um, like this past week, yours, uh, Brandon asked the Young Bucks to come out with him and be his managers in the first match against Avalon. Young Bucks no-showed. Um, you wouldn't know that unless you watched BTE, but the commentary team explained it to you. So I think they're starting to... I think they've, I think they've heard that criticism, and I think commentary is how they're rectifying having to go to different sources for different, uh, different content. Uh, that's something they do good is they really listen to com- uh, criticism and they actually fix what they yeah. messed up on, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, what do you hope to see in the future of AEW? I mean, I know what I want to see. I want to see more uh, more Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I want to see um, him hold a title sometime. Um, more more Darby Allen. I want to see maybe... Uh, I want to see Taz's group take over. I mean, I think they got lost. I, there's another group that I think got lost in the mix how you asked me earlier i think brian cage got lost in the mix of course he hasn't been on tv for a while he's probably been on dark i think he's been on dark a few times but on actual dynamite i haven't seen him for a while i think he got kind of lost in the fold um i mean i hope they let these big guys take some victories and take some belts soon because it seems right now they're like getting like guys like moxley or the young bucks hold up belts but i want to see guys like Wardload go in and disterminate or guys like um, Brian Cage just show what he can oh, do. Oh yeah, you know? I definitely agree. I want to see our NWI, our, our NWA power alumni, really take it to AEW. I want to see Thunder Rosa again. Be, I want to see. I want to see Eddie give it to John Moxley. Not 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 in their next match for the next coming year. And, and I, you know, I, I want to see more Ricky Starks. He's, he's been on dark every week. And I think about two weeks ago on dark, um, cage defended his, his belt that Taz gave him. He defended it. On dark. I think, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the FTW, FTW belt, belt against, I think Hobbs, um, or someone else. I forgot who, but so he's on dark, but he, he wasn't on dark this past week. Um, but Ricky Starks has been on dark or on television since, uh, 
since since he started because Ricky Starks he's he's oh. he's oh there's so much stuff you can say like he's so good he's like if he's so good at getting heat he makes winter feel like summer you know what I mean he makes he makes, he makes <laughs> yeah. all the girls think um, he makes all the girls swoon over him and he and I gotta admit like he's made me think twice about it too you know what I mean you know that's how good Ricky Starks yeah. is definitely oh, yeah, he's he's money right there I like I like Ricky Starks from uh, NWA and I like I like he's a great addition to the the roster. Um but yeah, that's what I'm just hoping. I hope you know we see the big guys just start wrecking people, holding some belts. Um but yeah, that's our year the AEW year in review. Some great stuff they're doing, you know. Sometimes I prefer watching them over WWE. It, it, it just happens. Um and, and you know me. Yeah, you know me, I'm a big WWE fan, but you know, I prefer AEW sometimes. What I do wish is like I said earlier, NXT and AEW. I mean we haven't even touched NXT yet. But NXT and AEW go to different nights, so we could watch them both more comfortably. Because I know you're not a big NXT yeah, uh, watcher. This past week, I'm like, was great. I got to, watcher, I got the chance to see it, and it was it was I, I loved the show. It was it was really really good. Um, I'm starting to dig Shotzi. But, um, I wasn't like a big fan of her to start with, but this past show, I was like, you know what, Shotzi's pretty dope. Um, starting to dig <laughs> dig Shotzi as a character, maybe a, a future major player. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, like I said, um, we're gonna touch on that and maybe in further episodes. Um, but the last thing I want to touch on is what's going on in Japan right now. Tell me the new, the new. Because oh, I mean, it's a new Japan G One. It's probably one of the most uh, prestige tournaments in all of pro wrestling. Um, of course, the finals are coming up this Saturday, and in my final match, I have Evil going against Jay. Bullet Club All Final. Um, of course, Evil was brought in. I think the. I mean, me personally think the only reason Evil is in Bullet Club is because of the pandemic, and the Bullet Club didn't have all their players in Japan at the time. So I. But Evil is walking around like he's some badass. Um, I think Jay just brings him down, and I hope Jay wins the match. Um, but one thing that New Japan likes to do is they like to swerve us. So, I mean, Evil comes off as cocky, but. I think he gets kicked out of Bullet Club, or Jay kicks out of Bullet Club. Gets kicked. I think one of them's going to get kicked out of Bullet Club this week, though. Um, I don't know how big of a watcher you are. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. The only time I ever watch Japan is <laughs> when WWE had a live live show over there. <laughs> oh, with uh, yeah. Kopi when Kopi got when Kopi got murdered and where by, he uh, Kopi lasted longer than he did yeah. in his championship match with him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he lasted longer than. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that was my Japan little Japan touch. But um, it was great to have you on the show, River. Thank you um, for having me. Again. It's been it was actually kind of fun. Uh, uh, this is I think we tried to do this last year, right? Uh, yeah, last year yeah. before the pandemic hit. Um, of course, and the River is one of the my uh, Royal Rumble group. The last great Rumble live group. show. Um, the last, well, Elimination Chamber, but yeah, it was last great live show. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you're on the on the show. Um, so yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, guys. Uh, it was Wrestling with the Weasel. Uh, Wrestling Weasel is my handle. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. 
Uh, I'm going to give River my access to my Twitter so we can start talking to you guys too. We'll, we're going to start live tweeting some shows. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back with everybody. Um, uh, any last nah, words, just, River? Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you, River. And on that note, weasel up. Well.